Yeah, it is. It really is. And and what? Jeff. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome. We are Irenicast, a group of folks leaning into our progressive Christian imagination. I'm Bonnie. I'm Casey. This is Rajiv. And I'm Jeff. On the first and third Tuesday of every month, we provoke conversation for shifting perspectives on theology and culture. This week, we are talking about faith. And after our conversation, we will have a segment where we, each of us, will share some faith songs, some songs that have gotten us through or have meant something faithful to us somewhere along the way, and we'll be making a playlist out of those faith songs. So, faith. We, uh, we finished our series on Beyond the Binary of Deconstruction and Reconstruction and um we're leaning more fully into our progressive Christianity in this conversation. So we're going to just we're just going to have a conversation, see where it leads. Faith, what comes up for you when you hear the word faith? If you just close your eyes <laughs> and lay your hands on somebody. <laughs> right? I mean, uh when I think of faith, I mean, initially the first response is you know, you just have a ha- you have to have a little bit of faith. I mean, for me, I know that my understanding of faith has evolved over mm-hmm. time. The more clear I get about what my definition or of faith is, it gives me some freedom to not live into some of the rigidity rigidity mm-hmm. of you know maybe past selves. So, faith and reason always show up for me at the same time. Yeah, that's good. There, there mm-hmm. is an immediate like relational tension in good ways. So if someone talks about reason and logic, I'm like, okay, there's the faith thing that comes into mind or someone's like faith immediately think about reason and logic. And I'm not sure how to extricate the two entirely. Although I recognize there's times where one has its place and can stand on its own and times when the other does but more more often it's 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 a relationship between that i find the most sustenance that it's interesting that you say that rajiv because like for me i feel like the word faith has been co-opted and intermingled with dogma and doctrine yeah and i i just for me, I have to separate those two things because, you know, typically when someone says, what's your faith? What's your faith? They're really asking, like, what do you believe? What's your theology? Mm-hmm. Are you right? Are you wrong? Uh, even, you know, right or left, progressive or evangelical, I feel like that's kind of the underpinning of faith. And for me, when I think of faith, it's like this holding place for things that I do not yet understand. So the thing, the the language that I use is it's loose and pliable and and open to other perspectives, to who I'm hearing, what I'm reading. And I think that's kind of at right now, at least, where I've landed with with faith to try to almost undo it from logic, because logic even then has its own mm-hmm. biases and all that kind of stuff and, and you know, what people consider logic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was another question that I was, you know, wondering about just as we were talking is, is, is even the faith as a term, like, is it tainted? 
like, what do we do with the term faith? Those of us who have left maybe evangelical or fundamentalist faith homes and are now living in the realms of progressive Christianity, like just even using language like faith, what does that do? Right. Because I, I think, like, I remember, you know, for a lot of people who are more e- evangelical or conservative minded, I know that they have a real big problem with like labeling things theology, like feminist theology and this mm-hmm. theology. It's just theology. But to me, it's totally appropriate. It's when you get to the place of faith, that's where I kind of have a problem right. with like, you know, progressive faith, conservative faith, this faith, this faith, because it's then you're automatically right. attaching a dogma or theology to it. It's a really good point. Yeah, but I I hear what you're saying. I don't I don't think faith is owned by any dogma. You know, I I think there's a connotation. People are asking you what is your dogma when they might be saying what's your faith, but that isn't faith. True, but exactly. But I'm I'm speaking in terms of like the colloquial, like how it's typically used, and right. when you talked about faith. So yeah, that, right. Well, and and maybe we liberate faith from the the clutches of evil. Yes, we will do that here. <laughs> That's in our what we're cast. trying to do. <laughs> and yeah, I it, it's interesting because what when you made that point, kind of a light bulb one went off for me. It's like I don't think I really had faith in my conservative years. I had a dogmatic belief about certain things that I rested on. And it it wasn't till all of that fell apart that I've been able to actually kind of swim in what I now consider faith, which is like there's a lot of peace there. And as you were saying too, it doesn't have to be it's not a concrete thing. Right. You know, I you know, I talked about the relationship between like the logic and reason and faith. They're not the same, but it, it they always show up together. Like they all come knocking at the same time. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh yeah, I I think for myself, I have faith now and I didn't before. Right. I see what you're saying. Like for me with faith, like logic is there because that's all I have to work with as I'm forming it. I just always have to be mindful to hold that logic loosely Mm. and recognize that my logic comes from my place in this world and my worldview. And, and logic also isn't a static thing, despite Mm -hmm. what most people have uh, touted (laughs) over the years. Yeah. I think that for me, like I see faith as, you know, trusting that the universe is working for our good. It's like, how do we navigate the world trusting that the universe is, is Mm -hmm. working for our good and that we're invited into that same sort of work. Like I think of like the James one text, right. That talks about faith without works is dead. Um, And what good is your belief if you are not putting these things into practice, which then requires me to live into some of that holy trust. And I'm not talking about like snake handling or like healing blind people or, you know, people who cannot walk. I'm talking about just trusting that in this existence, things are unraveling, as you might say, Bonnie, (laughs) and trusting that if I can partner with the divine or whatever, with God, that good is to come eventually. And maybe that's where the the faith comes that I may not see it. But if I'm putting these things into the universe, eventually all will be well. Yeah. That, I love that definition. And we just sort of, you know, we, we just barely touched on definitions of faith, but do 
do either of you, Jeff or Rajiv, have like a definition? I heard you say, Casey, trust, like trusting that all things are going to work out for the good. I think mine was kind of hidden in that diatribe, but like just that, that for me, faith is a space, you know, not a physical space, but a mental heart, spiritual space where things are being wrestled with that don't have definitive answers. So Mm. mystery, whoever we want to put that. Yeah, I, it's weird because, you know, I, I know what the dictionary and classical definitions of faith are, but for me, it always goes back to those tes- texts, those biblical texts, mm-hmm. you know, the things unseen, that sort of, I, I don't know, I, I don't know why, I don't have a defense for it necessarily, it's just where I go. And and actually, Jeff, the way you word it sounds really, it resonates, it's kind of a place of discovery you know, a, a place that holds the possibility of discovery and comfort the whole time. Hmm. Yeah, I think for me, faith is, um, it's so fundamental to living. Like it's, it's, it's what gets you up in the morning. It's what makes it possible to put one foot in front of the other, especially in these times. And so in that way, it's a little bit hard to actually completely put language because it's like a heartbeat. It's like a large heartbeat <laughs> that that when you are tuned in with it a little bit, you get the sense that life abounds and I'm part of that life. And that's what matters. Like I have a place in the family of living things and how that what that means and how that's going to work and who I'm going to be responsible to and for and whatever. All of those things are sort of peripheral to this understanding that I have a place in the family of things. And it is a great mystery. It it requires surrender. It requires a kind of surrender. So I think faith, if I was going to choose a word, it would be surrendering to my place, our place in that big universal heartbeat. I think it's really interesting that you say that because I have recently been teaching the Enneagram. And uh, when we talk about sixes, which you are, Bonnie, Mm -hmm. their vice is fear. Mm -hmm. But the antidote to that fear is faith and courage, courage Mm -hmm. and faith. It's that trusting. And I always say when I'm teaching the class, I have so much respect for sixes because they actually know the fear of the world. Sixes wake up every morning well aware of every possible thing that could go bad. They've thought it through, through the night. Um, (laughs) And they still choose to get up and go to work, you know, get in a car. And so when you're saying, like, I am a part of the universal family of things or something, that is stunning. That is beautiful. And it is a good reminder for any of us who live with anxiety, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) Uh, especially in these times that we are a part of this universal process of things and that somehow as we move along together, it will be well. That's faith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so what does it have to do with Christianity? Well, but when we prepped for this conversation and I was thinking, well, what is my definition of faith? I went to the Bible because they know where you know <laughs> we're we're doing progressive, and I know for some of you listening, that's like, uh oh, um, they're cringing. But uh, you know, and and I think I think maybe eventually we should just kind of revisit the whole Bible issue in general. But I went to Hebrews eleven, right? 
Mm-hmm. So the evidence mm-hmm. of things unseen, and then it goes to the what do we call the Hall of Fame of Faith or whatever. Right. And then the next chapter starts with Jesus as the author and finisher of our faith and all that kind of stuff. And I read it through like literally like 10 times. I just sat down and I just read it through. It kind of it's kind of my process. And then I like to outline and oh, it's it's too much. Uh <laughs> but I I was looking through it and, and at first I was just like, oh God, this is like all the worst things about what I think faith is. Like it, you know, goes through Abraham and he had the faith to try to kill his kid and you know, yeah. all these things that are just oh. then I moved past myself and I, you know, I scrolled through a couple commentaries. I'm like, oh, what is this saying? And all that kind of stuff. And then it's still, you know. It was what it was. But one thing I realized, and I read through a commentary, which is great. I recommend it. I'll put it in the show notes. But it's a commentary in Hebrews by Marianne Beavis. It's from a a feminist womanist perspective. One of the things that really then started to resonate as I was reading through this is that that faith is not isolated to the individual. Like that there's this, this heritage of faith that we have from our ancestors moving forward. And despite the reasons that that irk me that the, the this particular text decide to attribute faith to each of these, you know, patriarchs or whatever, there's still this idea of the faith of the generation before you builds to the next generation and builds to the next generation. And I think that that's also true on a micro level within communities and relationship, that 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 perseverance and assurance of faith are not rooted in for me, are not rooted in the ideas, but they're rooted in the community in which you share those things. And I think that that's a good thing and a bad thing. And I think we've seen it and probably have all been, you know, exposed to to the good and bad of what that can mean. But, uh, you know, I think it goes back to just something that we tout and talk about a lot on the show, the importance of community and connection and relationship and all that kind of stuff and how that there's a, a real importance there not to get all bible study and devotional on it (laughs) y'all no i think that's great yeah it it is it is really great and i think part of part of the the challenge that i feel like i'm i face over and over and over again is integrating deeper things about these words like faith hope, love that were, you know, like Bonnie said, or they, they they come tainted, but not abandoning them because there is a, a fuller meaning to be had and giving them a chance, giving those concepts, giving the, the language a chance to be reborn, I guess, is, is a big part of the work that I feel like I'm going through cyclically. And it weirds me out in the moments where where I end up is feels eerily similar to what I once had. Yeah, right. You know, and I I'm not sure what to do with it. I mean, there was a process that I took. I took time. I didn't rush into it. And then I'm like, wait a minute, did I end up where I started? Isn't that the great question of every single spiritual journeyer since the beginning of time? The whole. <laughs> The chop wood, carry water <laughs> yeah. to bring in more metaphor. Right. Well, it's the essential story hero it, right. journey, right? And so you always end up back where you were, but now you have new tools and new perspectives. Yep, right. And there seems to be some truth to that, even in real life, even if we don't <laughs> view ourselves as a hero or anything. Yeah, no, not at all. But yeah, it's just weird 
It's like your eyes are different. You're in the same place, but your eyes and ears are just different. Like they're yeah. different organs. Yeah. Are you about to say something, Casey? <laughs> I, I am, but I'm okay. trying to formulate. I'm like enjoying it's, this tree. It, it's hard, right? I mean, to, to put language on some of this is tricky because it's, it's there and it feels familiar, but it's still really hard to describe. Yeah, and I think there's a real invitation in what we're talking about today because I do think that for any of us who who have had these this journey or whatever uh and faith was about dogma or faith was about s- snake handling, you know, I mean honestly, I'm just using that yeah. as like a um when you return or when you find yourselves in moments where there is a need for you to reach for faith or it feels like you're reaching for something that that once was but you don't know how how to navigate those feelings what do you then do you have different eyes now right or you have mm-hmm. different ears to hear when you have this experience what are you able to how are you able to process that you know is sort of the thing i'm wondering about in this moment because i think the option is either try something new or throw it away because all of these feelings are going to bubble up. There there are these moments where you're going to feel yourself wanting to lean into that. And your first response might be, oh, shit, I gave that up a long time ago. But Mm -hmm. with this process that you're inviting us into, or the reminder, at least, Rajiv, is to say, I'm not there. So how then do I navigate this? What mm-hmm. what gift does this faith from that has been I have inherited still ha- have something to offer me in this moment? Right. I think for me, if I go to the Bible to think about faith or to look for faith, one of my favorite stories of faith is the story of Jacob and how he wrestled in the middle of the night with this, we don't know, some enigmatic figure that appeared out of nowhere and was really strong, apparently. But, you know, what what was going on around in Jacob's life was he had he had like wronged his brother. Like he had he had left home. Maybe with thoughts that he would never return. And he had cut off relationships. He had he had, you know, he had done some bad things to harm relationships. And he was like, I'm out of here. I'm probably never going to have to see these people again. I'm just going to go do my thing. And then because of a set of circumstances, he needed to circle back home again, which meant he was going to need to have a face-to-face with his brother. And it really terrified him, partly because of the things that he had done, but also just the whole circumstances of the leaving and the relationship and you know, their parents and all this stuff, all this inheritance stuff. And there he is, right, on the side of the the river, I think it is, a river, and he's about to cross over, and he sends his, he's too scared to go himself, so he sends his emissaries to try to make peace with his brother before he crosses over into that land. And that didn't go great, so now... He's stuck in the middle of the night, wrestling. And what he does is he says to this figure that he's wrestling with, which I sort of think it may just be an extension of himself (laughs) that he's wrestling with. 
that he he says, I won't let you go unless you bless me. And I and I really do. I think that blessing is those new ears and those new eyes, you know, and that new heart, new, new understanding, new way of seeing the situation, giving up the old way of seeing the situation, which was is not going to work in this new encounter that he's going to have, you know, as an older person with his brother and with his former with his family, with his inheritance, with the tradition that he was handed. And I just, I see that as like such a really beautiful story, biblical story of how faith works, how faith works. And he spent, that he can't, he can't even walk the next day because it just takes, it takes everything of him. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, yet he gets up the next day. And with his new eyes and his new understanding, he he goes on with the task at hand, and and he and his brother meet. Saint Rachel Held Evans says in her book Inspired, "If I've learned anything from thirty five years of doubt and belief, it's that faith is not pass a passive intellectual assent to a set of propositions. Mm. It's a rough and tumble, a no holds barred all night long struggle." And sometimes you have to demand your blessing rather than waiting around for it. And if you're lucky, it will leave you with a limp. Yeah, Rachel says it best. And this experience of new eyes and new ears, it's going to leave you with some sort of scar. (laughs) Because you've had to do the work of wrestling. I mean, we've talked about this a lot on the show around like people saying, oh, I have deconstructed or I have reconstructed. And it's almost like, I mean, it's kind of rude to say, but it's like, let me see your scars. There are some rich and famous pastors out there, honey, who are taking lots of money from people who said they've deconstructed, but all they've done is put makeup on a pig. And I want to ask the question, let me see your limp. Because if you have done this real work, if you have wrestled in the dead of night to hold on to something, there has to be something to show for it. Faith without works is dead. Yeah, there's a lot swirling around in my head right now. But I, I want to stick with this whole body thing for a second because that's so important. Because I think in part of the the work in the spiritual journey is the body gets dismissed a lot as as sort of a secondary part of the process, and it's not secondary; it's primary. And I love how in this story, you know, the hip, the dis, the you know, the way I learned the story was the hip gets dislocated in the moment because the struggle is so intense. And so real, and the angel's like, all right, you know, we're going to leave you with something to remember this by. And, you know, and all of us can think of times when we've come away from a struggle and our shoulders are tight. I mean, they're hurting. Our jaws are sore because they've been clenched for so long. Or, you know, whatever. There's there's a bodily score. I don't know. It just, the the integration of all of it is essential. The mind, body, spirit. I don't have anything else to offer right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we certainly tend to talk about faith in terms of intellect, 
you know, like we mentioned before and thought and dogma and stuff like that. But yeah, we, we rarely connect it to our physical selves and how those things are interconnected. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think we're still we're still sort of dancing around an aspect of faith that I would love for us to dive a little deeper into before we end the conversation, and that is the relational aspect of faith, which I think is illustrated so beautifully in the story of Jacob and Esau. Because I don't know how you were taught the story as a kid. I was taught the story that Jacob is, yeah, he did some bad things, but he's he's the guy, he's the favorable one. And Esau kind of represents the, I don't know, the more bestial elements of humanity or something like the the less favorable one. And yet, you know, when you come to this encounter, really, Jacob is the one who has to do the repenting and the changing. Like, it's his heart that needs to change because Esau is kind of like, well, why are you going to all this trouble? We're brothers. Like, I'm, I'm not going to abandon you or... You know, like, I, I care about you. So in this encounter, somehow Esau changes in the mind of Jacob or in the, in the relationship. There's a change. There's a shift. And I wonder how much of faith and the evolution of faith actually involves shift in our relational life. And, and what, what, let's talk about that for a second, if, if we could. Like, what is, how is faith and relationship connected? Even a relationship with our own tradition, Christianity. I sometimes say that I feel like when I, what makes the Bible a sacred text isn't who wrote it, isn't how it was formed, but the relationships within the text that are evolving, that people have to change in order to be in relationship with other people. The the conversation always ends up in this place of, well, I guess God loves you too, right? I guess we have to be neighbors. And that's what makes it so important to me, the evolution of a people who are beginning to broaden their understanding of what it means to be beloved and who gets to be in, in the in crowd, you know, who gets to be welcomed to the table. And there is some faith there. There is some mutual trust that has to happen in order for you to come to the table, in order for you to sit there. There is faith that that something good is in you. And well, I seem to already know that there's good in me. So I guess, you know, maybe you can be here too. But that's what makes these stories important for me. It is an evolution of how people are seeing the world and, and to whom God is favoring. And then we get to this place where it's everyone. It's the world. Go into the world. There's no one you need to be afraid of any longer. There is nothing that is not holy. That is faith. The communal aspect of it is really important. Because faith, changes in faith change relationships, changes relationships. It's just a reality. And there's there's ripple effects no matter how you you look at it because none of us are in isolation. This is a super silly superficial example that you know may or may not make it in the final cut, but like there's a place that I love to go that we went with Jeff, 
And Jeff had a terrible experience there. <laughs> Actually, like twice. He gave it his second shot. Twice, yeah. And, and so, like, I right. can't go there with Jeff anymore. Yeah. Because it'll ruin it for me. And it's not <laughs> Jeff's fault because he, I witnessed him having a terrible experience. I'm like, the very fact that so, you still go there. Yeah, I mean, that he gave it, you know, he gave it a second shot. I haven't actually been there since because the (laughs) pandemic hit. But um, it's like, you know, that's the thing. And and like what Casey's saying is like even thinking about going back there, it's like, well, am I going to betray my friendship with Jeff (laughs) to go back to this place that has, you know, because he's lost faith in the place for legitimate reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, my experience is different, but the relationship it's like, it's actually kind of a thing in my thought process is like, well, can I actually go back there? Mm-hmm. You know, I could go and just not tell Jeff I went. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that's a good example. But to put you at ease, like, I feel like I, third time's a charm. I'm always willing to all give right, another shot. All right. And I feel yeah, like yeah, the first time, judging, first yeah. time it was. <laughs> God. They have a patio. So. <laughs> the first time it was just me. And then I brought my kids along. And then this third time, I'll bring the whole family along. And then if go. it doesn't work then, then yeah, if you go yeah. there again, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> then it's personal. <laughs> but I, I think that, oh, you know, that's a, that's a good illustration is 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 how how our relationships affect the, the things that we do and how we interact. And I think even even how we view a story, a narrative yeah. between that relationship, like even, you know, mm-hmm. Bonnie, you talking about Jacob and to me, like the, the text itself, just taking the text for a literary piece of work, it clearly sets up Jacob as the villain. Like that's the whole right. narrative thrust. Like to interpret it any other way is disingenuous to, like just the, the the structure of it. And then that moment in the desert of wrestling with this being or wrestling with himself or wrestling with God, whatever it is, is a conversion moment. Like, right? It's him changing from one to the other. You're supposed to look at him here. Here's his redemption moment. And then you see the evidence of that with how he chooses to then respond to Esau, like running to him and putting himself in a place of, you know, submission where he had not put himself with either his brother or his father-in-law before that. And I think that it's interesting that a certain faith perspective, regardless of where Jacob is in that story, is still viewed as the hero, despite right. how he's not supposed to be. And I think that even even our perspectives on how people act, you know, I mean, look at look at Trump. It's the same way, you yep. know, the the or, or any leader like that is that if it aligns with my faith then no matter what they do, it doesn't matter. It's not going to change the fact that they're a hero. I can't delineate those things because there's some sort of relationship there. And I think that those are powerful things that we need to consider. But then also, how do we faithfully separate ourselves from that? Like, Rajiv, you shouldn't have to not go to a restaurant that you like just because I had a bad experience there. And well, I understand maybe. and I'm grateful maybe. because of all <laughs> well, because of all that. I mean, unless they like personally attacked who I was or whatever, but you know, it was just bad service and awkward moments, right? Like Yeah, yeah and I, they didn't attack your person, Jeff. They they actually said that you were an eight out of ten or something. That's right. Like that. it, they, they were quite the opposite of attacking. <laughs> that's <my person>. right. <laughs> Um, we'll tell that whole story, I guess, some other time. <laughs> uh, but I think that it, it, when you when you bring the relational thing to it, I think that that's where that's where the wrestling really is, right? Like, would these ideas and these things and these shifts in faith really be that 
destructive and leave so many scars if they weren't connected to a relationship, if they weren't connected to communities and families and all that kind of stuff. Because if they were isolated from those things, I feel like it wouldn't be a big deal and we wouldn't be having these conversations in the first place. Well, and I think it brings us to the the, the deeper truth of of this tradition of of Christianity, which you know is is a branch out of Judaism, the relational life was the life, like that was the life of faith, and the tragedy of whiteness and kind of this weird male supremacy that's that is happening in the United States, which is different than male supremacy in other parts of the world, I think, is the tragedy of that is that it cuts us off from relationship. That's its entire project. It's to cut us off from relationship. And it has been it has been interwoven with this brand of Christianity that's frankly not Christian, as far as I'm concerned, which is why I can still call myself Christian, because I, I see it now for what it is. It's it's so tragic to have this idea of this individual salvation and individual faith and individual I mean, like, should Rajiv go to a restaurant? Because you had a bad, maybe he shouldn't if he's your friend. I mean, maybe that's what relationship is all about, you know, or at least you should think about it, have to think about it. I think all of that is is uh, is important and, and part of this conversation. Well, and I mean, that ties in, you know, Jeff, my illustration with Jeff, that's a very personal, intimate thing. But there are places that I boycott because they give money and support causes that hurt people that I care about. That's right. And so there is that, you know, relational aspect. And I think that is important. I think it should have an effect on my decision-making process and and so on. And, you know, but part of what you were talking about, Bonnie, is like there is this, in, particularly in America, and I think this American Christian supremacist nonsense has spread, is it e- essentially operates very much like a cult in the separating, it's like, you can't associate. I mean, that is a cult leader strategy is cutting off ties because of good, you know, good, you're in the club versus bad out of the club. And not all cults are hidden. Some cults are huge. And a, a lot of this is happening in in popular Christianity these days. So I feel like it's just this thought bubble. It brings us full circle to what right. we were saying around like. I think faith equals or, you know, um, it is what you think. It is informed by the community and whom you care about. And it is then your response to all of those things, right? Like, I mean, again, back to James, if, if you're not living out what you're experiencing in relationship and what you know to be true in your heart, then what's the point? You can say, look, you cannot be, uh, you know, a Facebook warrior and equate it to faith. If you're just throwing things on Facebook all day long right. and you're not living these things out, you're not letting it leave you with a gimp, you know, somebody done. Is there even a neat way to tie up this conversation? <laughs> well, I think it's a good time for us to, to think about closing thoughts. You know, even I feel like even in this conversation, my ideas around faith have evolved, like in this last span of time, because of this conversation, I now think about faith in in ways that I really hadn't thought about faith. So thank you for that. Any other final thoughts? Not really. (laughs) (laughs) I, I feel like I'll be unpacking this conversation for a while, though. 
Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if I give any more thoughts or throw anything else out there, it's going to end up being like a yeah eight hour long <laughs> episode because <laughs> there is, I think there is a lot, a lot to unpack for sure. Well, we'll be able to speak to it more when we do our segment in a few minutes. We really want to hear what you have to think. To add your voice to this particular conversation, comment on the show notes at arenacast.com slash 189. In the show notes, you'll find relevant links and a complete list of all the ways to add your voice to the conversation. And if you haven't already done so, please consider joining our email list. Joining our email list is the best way to keep updated on all things Arenacast, including our next intersections, which is happening in th- this winter. It'll be taking place on Thursdays, February 3rd through March 10 at 7 p.m. Pacific time. You can find a link to subscribe in the show notes at irenacast.com slash 189. On the other side of the music, well, we will share some of our thoughts on music, faith music. We'll be back. All right, we're back, and we're back with uh, some of our favorite faith songs, which uh, we're each going to share four faith songs, and then we are going to have a, a playlist available for you to download on in in the show notes. So hopefully, when you're feeling like you need a little faith, <laughs> this this playlist will uh, will bring you back to faith. So who wants to go first? Should we share one at a time? Yeah. Okay. One at a time, and we get to all sit around the table today. So let's just go round robin, starting with Rajiv. What's your first faith song? So I'm going to start. I, I actually overachieved on this one, so I have a whole bunch of them. So I'm going to start with like the <laughs> the poppy ones from way back, and then I'll I'll share pick your pick your the, favorite just, though, and then we'll do an honorable yeah? mention segment. So like, okay, do, do your right, like right, top right. four. Okay, so the 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 most meaningful. So I'll start there. Is Amazing Grace, uh, Aretha Franklin's version. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start with uh, the most humorous, which is Jesus Take the Wheel. <laughs> <laughs> that that was on my honorable mention list. There you go. I'm I'm a little upset that uh, that made the list and that I have to listen to that. Oh, don't worry, don't worry. I have a whole a whole great list, Jeffrey. I think maybe I put too much like extra thought into this and maybe <laughs> blew it up. My first one is uh, "Dock of the Bay" by Otis Redding. I think there's a lot of faith in wasting time in like sitting and just being, and yeah. that's probably the aspect of like faith or exploring mystery that I struggle with the most. So I just love how that song not only the lyrics but just just the way it feels and and his you know voice modulation he never never really goes all the way like he can and it's just it's just a perfect song Mm. like you can't listen to that song when you're busy right right because it it will ruin it it slows you you down immediately it does Mm -hmm. that's a great choice hmm well my pick is um landslide (gasps) are you serious do you have that on your list yeah you sure do yeah. Well, it's because we great minds. That's Casey. right, exactly right. But I mean, that to me, that's just like so emblematic of faith. That is yeah. so awesome that we both. Have that <laughs> I know. Who's that by? Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood right? Mac. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm not thinking it. Oh, no. Okay. I got it. Yeah. yeah. The I chicks do a great version it, of it too. Yeah, that's true. 
the chicks that do a great ver- I think it's been covered by several oh, yeah. so many, bands. Yeah. So many. Because but, cause it's Next. such it's a great so song. But yeah, now it's playing in my head. Go ahead, your turn again, Rajiv. <laughs> <laughs> so another oldie for me, because I, I go to some of the old stuff. Pretty much anything by Mahalia Jackson. Like when I'm really feeling like I need to be in prayer or whatever, I'm putting my earbuds and pull up a playlist with her. And one of my favorites of hers is he's got the whole world in his hands, which, you know, the whole male language for God is troubling, but not when I listen to that song. There's something very transcendent about it. So Mahalia Jackson, anything by her. I'm going to say, I Hope You Dance by Leanne Womack. Oh, Casey, you're going all out. <laughs> Bonnie took my best one, so <laughs> now all you get is the rest. Sorry, Jeff. I like that This is going to be one. a very uh, interesting playlist. <laughs> Why? Why that one, Casey? Um, the, the intention of, like, I hope you see the world in this way. For me, faith is so much about, like, how we choose to see, how we choose to hope and wonder. I just hope that you, in the moments when life feels hard, that you can reach for something that that gives you joy. It it is a beautiful song. Yeah, it is. It really is. And and what Jeff. one of the things that I I like about it, I, I the the anyway the the song has a beautiful message. I think it could be done musically differently. But um, what what one of the things I love about it the most is is you know I I hear it from a parent child perspective. And where the parent recognizes there's a much bigger world than they had the chance to experience. And they wish that for their kid rather than, you know, don't do those things because I didn't get to. And it's, you know, it's really a on the shoulders moment, which is cool. Uh, my next one is like it has to do with kind of like engaging just everyday life and how unexpected that's become during the pandemic and the song has kind of re-come up for me and brought a lot of new perspective it's a uh, sound gardens the day i tried to live and just this idea of like how some days it's just a struggle of faith to like go to the grocery store and just do regular yes. stuff again and uh this song man it just gets me every time i love it i love the i love everything about it i love the beginning i was just kind of like this build up to this this almost frantic screaming of the day I tried to live. And uh, it's it's good stuff. Yeah, Soundgarden's the best, man. Try listening to Mahalia Jackson and Soundgarden back-to-back. Talk about a spiritual experience. I'm going to do that. <laughs> Seriously. As <laughs> one of my playlists, that happens. <laughs> um, my next one is Unwritten <laughs> by Natasha. Benningfield. I love that song. And I know it's, you know, it's an older song and definitely a pop song. But when I think about faith, I do often think that, you know, the, the, the faith in seeing oneself as continually unwritten and uh, there's always the next chapter or something new to, to discover, find out. Yeah, I love to belt that song when I'm in the shower. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. So I am a huge John Batiste fan, and he's got some newer music out. One song that I love and listen to on repeat from time to time is We Are. It's just this beautiful chant almost. 
And he talks about it in an interview. He gets interviewed by Terry Gross on Fresh Air. Listen to that interview because it is something that will revive your hope. I mean, it's one of the most powerful pieces. It's so good. But he says, we are is a question and an answer. It was born out of the Black Lives Matter movement because he would show up and do music to help people kind of hang in there and inspire and bring people together. So it's it's a great song. We Are by John Baptiste and anything he does. Um, uh, my next song is Ironic by Alanis Morissette. Oh, I love that one. The piece about life having a funny way of sneaking up on you mm-hmm. when you think everything is okay and everything's going right. And life has a funny way of helping you out when you think everything's gone wrong. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. Jagged Little Pill does just almost doesn't get better than that. It's a good one. Yeah. For real. Absolutely. So, so kind of related to our conversation, the idea of like relational and stuff like that. I think there's a there's a space, you know, all of us obviously coming from very specific evangelical backgrounds, there's still familiarity to that that can spark something. And there's this song, um, Somewhere Only We Know by Keen where it's just like walking with someone to a place that is familiar for both of you and how how comforting that is, but also how necessary that is to move to something new yeah, and so different. Uh, it's one of my favorite songs of all times, but like when we're talking about faith, it was the first one that came to my mind when we were thinking about kind of this segment. I can't wait for this playlist. I'm like so excited. <laughs> we're only halfway through. My third one is Roar. By Katy Perry. Yes. <laughs> I feel like this always comes from. I, I feel like <laughs> this always ends up on our playlist. Body uses this song for like all the playlists. Because, uh, because um, there is like, it's the faith in oneself, hmm. you know, which I think sometimes is really important. Uh, living out of our true authenticity is faith. My, my cousin, Tom Persaderau, is an incredible folk singer songwriter and he's got a song this is the year of losing things and it i love this song i mean it's it's so powerful written last year and it's an acknowledgement that faith should not be blind you know because so many times it's just like oh everything's rosy all things work out for the glory of god or whatever he's like no sometimes things suck and you acknowledge the pain and the hurt, and you still have faith in yourself and one another, and you move on. This is the year of losing things. Check mm-hmm. it out. That's really good. Well, uh, my last one will be Everywhere by Tim McGraw. <laughs> <laughs> Casey, I think this is... You're, a- you're really pushing <laughs> Jeff today. <laughs> For those of you listeners that don't know, I despise <laughs> most country music, and uh, Casey yeah, knows this. Casey knows this. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you, Jeff will not want us to do playlists after this. <laughs> <laughs> There's, I have the skip button. <laughs> Although that would be disingenuous to the heart of this exercise, just to hear from someone else's perspective, as wrong as it may be. Um, <laughs> okay so uh my final one for this list is i feel like one of the biggest stumbling blocks to faith for a lot of people is 
I don't know uh, the best way to describe it. It's like celebrity culture, like that. So uh, I put cult of personality by living color. Oh yeah. It just like a, one. a putting faith in people and systems as opposed to like, you know, like what we talked about in the conversation, like a place of mystery and, and is pliable and stuff like that. And I think that this one really speaks to me in terms of like reminding you, you know, where, where's your faith? Is it in people? Is it in stuff? Mm-hmm. That's a great one. I'm so old. I got to see them live. I'm very jealous. Of course, you of that. have to like say twice. that every single time they come up. No, I love in living at living color. Yeah, it's so good. All right, my last one. I'm not. I, I'm not exactly sure who the art. I mean, I need to do more research to find out who the artist is. You all might know, but it's the song "Hold On." I don't even know. Do you? I don't even know exactly. Alabama what the, Shakes. Yep. Okay. Brittany Howard. Oh, Brittany Howard. I just oh my gosh. Love Brittany that Howard. song. So good. Just Jesus. Like, absolutely. I just it, it just comes to me, and I can just feel my body you know, needing the song, drinking the song like water. So, um, it just yeah. That was one, one of my, of my favorite mentions. That's a good yeah. one. And talk about channeling the ancestors, right? Right. And her voice right. and the lyric. Oh, it's all. It's right. there. It's all there. I'm curious though, Raji, what are your, what are some of your honorable mentions? Okay. I wanna, I wanna so my this. honorable mentions, um, Casey might appreciate some of these. I went way back and I picked the obvious faith by George Michael. I was, I was wondering if someone <laughs> was going <laughs> to put that on the list. Uh, again, another way back, like a prayer by Madonna. I did have Jesus take the wheel on there that. And then this one, I, I, I really do enjoy as well. It's not super deep, but I really enjoy it. It's Pray Enough by the Wood Brothers. Hmm. So it's kind of a blues country rock revival band. They're they're great. They do a lot of old, old, old stuff and then some of their own original stuff. And I think we have a couple of faithful listeners that are big Wood Brother fans too. I have an honorable mention that I uh, would like to add, uh, which is Another Day from Rent. Oh, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, my honorable mention, one of them was Bonnie Minchin, is actually on the list. The Hold mm-hmm. On. It's such a good song. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I had Faith also, just because for fun. <laughs> just because. I just wrote it down. Right. It was the how first do you, thing I yeah, wrote down. How I was do like, you not, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then um, uh, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. You too. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. it felt a little too on the nose to kind of make my, my official list, but it was, it was there in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, this these are so good, so good. Have you heard the choir the the version that they do with the gospel choir in Rattle and Hum? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, the best version. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> well, now you're probably already starting to listen to this playlist, but if you're still here, that will do it for this week. Um, we are excited to announce another intersections coming up on February three Thursday nights through March ten. Um, and if you would like more information about that, join our email list, which you can do on arenacast.com. If you enjoy Arenacast and would like to join the work that we are doing, please consider donating to our PayPal link at arenacast.com slash PayPal. We are committed to keeping the show free for listeners, but there are costs involved and your financial support helps us tremendously. That's arenacast.com slash PayPal. Arenacast is a nonprofit organization, so your donations are tax deductible. And you can support the show by simply making sure that you follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts. And if the platform allows it, leave a rating and or review. So for this week, I'm Bonnie. 
I'm Casey. This is Rajiv. And I'm Jeff. Thanks for joining the conversation. Thank you.